Um, page, page 866. <laughs> it's, it's John, John chapter 7. John chapter 7. It would be nice if all Bibles had the same page number. Because that way you just say turn the page. Because some people don't, they're like John chapter something or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, I got that. And then you see them like looking there. It's like, they go to the very front, look at the concordance. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I knew that. I knew, I knew Jedediah chapter 9. It's a real book, by the way. Not in the Bible. John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Verses 37 through 44. I have my coat on because I'm cold. It's really cold in there. I don't know if anyone else is, but I'm freezing. So John chapter 7, verse 37, says this. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds. He shouted to the crowds. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Mm. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Verse 40. When the crowds heard him say this, some of them declared, surely this man is the prophet we have been expecting. Others said, he is the Messiah. And still others said, but he can't be the Messiah because will the Messiah come from Galilee? For the scriptures clearly state that the Messiah will be born of the royal line of David, David in Bethlehem, the village where King David was born. So the crowd was divided about them. Some even wanted him arrested, but no one laid a hand on him. Mm. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for the time that we have as a family here together to share and fellowship with you and one another. I pray, Lord, that, that as I speak, God, that your words would be spoken. God, as we worship you together tonight, as we already did and as we do later, God, we would exalt your name on high and we'd be able to fellowship with the Holy Spirit tonight. And as we leave tonight, we would be encouraged, built up in our most holy faith and we would experience true relationships with one another and with you. We thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much for saving us for dying on the cross, for paying for our sins. And thank you, God, that we don't have to do anything but respond to what you have already done. We bless your name. Amen. Um, so we, that John 7, 30, what we just read, Jesus is saying some stuff, and, and the people there that he's talking to begin to quarrel or uh, discuss, kind of argue back and forth with each other about who Jesus is. Some say he's a prophet, some say he's the Messiah, but then other people say, well, he can't be the Messiah because the Messiah is going to come from Bethlehem because they didn't know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. They didn't know that, and so they're gonna, saying, well, he's from Galilee, and nothing good came from there, so it can't be him. Well, all through that chapter, and then chapter 8, some stuff happens. Some Pharisees start talking again, and they start talking to Jesus and start asking him some questions. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's the whole chapter. But at the end of that, in, in John 8, 58, Jesus says this. He says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. And so Jesus saying that, saying I am, before Abraham was born, I am. Him saying that 
what he was declaring was that he was God. He was saying, because in Exodus 3, Moses is at the burning bush, and, and God speaks to him through that, and, and he tells him to go to Pharaoh, and, and, and Moses says, well, who should I say sent me? And, and, and God says, the I am. Um, and, and Jesus, he, it's not a direct quote from that, but that's what God said in the Old Testament. And these Pharisees knew that God said that, and they knew who the I am was. And so for Jesus to say before Abraham was, I am, was he was declaring that he is God. Before anything existed, he was. And that made people angry. People didn't like when some man in flesh came and said they were God. Because that, 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 just couldn't, that couldn't be. The Messiah, that, that, that's not the way the Messiah was going to come. And so they couldn't believe it. They got frustrated, but they want, so they wanted to kill him. But no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. But in that, in that statement, I am, Jesus, being confident in who he was, knowing and saying this, they would kill him for it, he still says, before Abraham was, I am. And nothing swayed that. There was no opinion of man that could have swayed him from saying that. There was nothing man could do to him that would stop him from declaring who he really was. Because he knew his call. He knew why he was sent from heaven to come and live on this earth. He knew what he was planned for. He knew what his plan was for him, and he lived it. And that plan was to declare that he was the I am. The title of my message is Accepted Because I Am. And I, I think about that, that statement that Jesus said, I am. And the reason that I am accepted and that we together are accepted in any area, you could say even in your social area, even if you, if you, even if you don't feel accepted necessarily by people, we are accepted by God because Jesus, the I am, loves us because he died on a cross he lived a perfect life and then he died on a cross and he hung there and then he was buried in the ground but he didn't stay in the ground he rose again and he went up to sit at the right hand of God and the Holy Spirit came onto earth and lived inside of us believers and because of that because of that marvelous work we are accepted into this adoption into this family because of the I am. So we are accepted because of the I am. Yet we are accepted simply because we are accepted. Because God accepts us. I don't have to worry about people rejecting me because I know God accepts me. So it, it, it shouldn't bother us. Yet we still struggle with insecurities and stuff. <clears throat> Man, throats. <laughs> kind of dry. It's like that feeling. I have that feeling. I used to play basketball. Water, please. No, <laughs> thanks, Reed. Appreciate it. Um, um, somebody's getting it. All right, cool. But it's that feeling. I don't know if anyone played sports. Um, anyone here play sports? A lot of sports players. Yes, Halls. It's as good as water. Better than water. Um. Mm. Anyways, this is going to be annoying. Did, did, it, yeah, I was gonna say, did, did somebody do this to you once? And you were like, man, I don't know if I can do this. All right, so I got in the side there. It's a trick. See, you just, just got to learn. You learn from the best, you know? You got tools of the trade. You just got to learn these kind of things. Um, anyway, so I, I, uh, I played basketball. And like the first game of the season, always the first game of every season or every league I started in, it was like you'd, you'd be so nervous. You'd be sitting on the bench and, or in the, in the locker room before, and 
have my Eminem on this. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, you know. I'll be sitting there listening to Eminem and, oh, it's water, sweet, thanks. And then, uh, you know, I'll be listening to Dr. Dre, Biggie, you know, all of them. I'll just be sitting there, it's, uh, Bone Thugs, you know, Bone, there you go, yeah. I'll be, I'll be sitting there, you know, Matthew can relate to me. We'll be sitting in our room, just sitting there with the headphones on, just not looking at each other, just, uh, shaking our heads back and forth. No one looks at each other, you got your hood on, you're just, uh, you're in that groove. Anyone who played basketball and did that, you know, I'm, you know what I'm talking about. You're in, that, you're in that groove, and you're sitting there, and then, and then you get out there, and they call your name, and you're just all pumped up, and you go, you do the chest bump, you go shake the coach's hand, and you get out there, and that ball tips. And, and then the game starts, and, and about two minutes into it, you're going, <laughs> and you got this, like, you have like this, you feel like there's like cotton in your mouth. It's like your mouth's all dry, and you're just sucking down water, and always the first game, it happened. And after that, it was totally fine. And you just be like, you, it was the, you feel like you couldn't play, you couldn't shoot, you couldn't dribble, you're losing the ball. You just, you just felt dumb out there. You felt like, I, like, I don't belong out here. So that's, that's kind of how I feel right now. Not the dumb part, but just the, the feeling in the mouth. <laughs> Anyways, so that had nothing to do with anything. I just, that's how I'm feeling. I wanted to express to you how I was feeling. Oh, yes. Coffee? Water. Oh, water in a coffee cup. <laughs> oh, man, that feels good. That feels good. Anyways, back to where we were. Um, accepted. So... I don't accept it because, because God accepts me. Amen. God accepts me as I am. With, with, I don't got to change anything about me. God loves me. As, it, it, why, I, I, I get to myself doing this. Why do I think I have to change myself or do something different if God made me as I was? Why would he make something and then go, I messed up on that one. You got you to help yourself. Do what you can. I'm, I'm done with you. If God who created everything that we know of today, if he did that, and then he created billions and billions of humans, do you think he would mess up? No, he wouldn't mess up. And if he doesn't mess up, then why do I think I have to change something about me? Or I have to do something. In order for me to first come to God, I have to change myself first. Or, or maybe... In order for me to be accepted by people, I got I to gotta fit in. I got to change myself because if I'm not accepted by, by Reed, if I'm not accepted by my family, <laughs> I saw you guys say by Reed. If I wasn't accepted by them, then I, I, I got to change something about me so I can be accepted. That would be the logical way of thinking. But Christ made another way of thinking. He said, no, you don't. You don't got to change yourself because I made you on purpose in that way with that weird thing on your forehead because I liked it. And you should like it too. However it is, he made it for that reason. And, you know, I just, I, I love that. I love the saying, Pastor Gabriel says all the time, I love myself. Now, I, I love that saying because, because that's like, that is, some people think that's weird. Like, okay, that's, no, no, that is being confident in who Christ made you to be. And I think that is how we need to live, confident in who we really are in Christ. Because if I walk around, oh, oh I stink. I got to change something. If I could just get those shoes. Man, if I could get those Air Force Ones, then, then I'd be, they're Air Force Sixes now, but then I'd be, I'd be hot then. Or if I could... Man, if I could get those skinny jeans that could just fit so nicely in my butt and, and all the way down my ankles. And, uh, if I could get those on, and I'd, be, I'd be hot. Then I'd get my toms on, my v-neck down to my belly button. Just, yeah. <laughs> I'd be, 
<laughs> but, but like that, that, okay, I just saw somebody dressed like that, so I just, it came to my mind. I'm not, I'm not going there, but, but that, but I mean, it's like, it's like, man, if I just get, if I get there, then, man, then it's going to be hot. But that's not the case. That's not the case. If that, what's the saying? If the shoe fits, wear it. If the shoe don't fit, don't wear it. Because if that ain't you, then don't put it on. And so it's, it's like, I just, I just see people and you're like, like, dude, that, man, what are you doing? Or they're talking and you're like, what the heck are you? Okay, let me be vulnerable for a second. I, some people know this part of my past. I, I don't share it very often. I need to drink of water before I, I share this. My family knows this part of my past. My closest friends know this part of my past. But many of you don't know this part of my past. It's around the age of 16, 17 maybe. I don't know. One of those ages, between those two ages. I had this thing, you know. It's called, it called basketball. And here in Alaska, basketball was like, man, at least at Heritage, the school I went to, it was like, if you play basketball, man, you got it going on. And then I'd be going to Las Vegas with some people and, and doing tournaments and stuff, and I'd be hanging around all these basketball players. And I started seeing them. I was like, man, they got it going on. I'm starting to, I'm starting to you know, get good this thing. i got to be like them. So one day, one day, I saw my brother. Kinda, he was joking around, but I saw him have this big T-shirt on. And I... Uh, I instantly thought, man, that looks good. I, I think I saw one of those guys playing basketball wear that. So I, uh, let, me, let me get my stuff real quick. So I, I saw that, and I thought, man, I think I need to get one of those. And then I saw, I saw sweatpants. And I thought, man, those look hot. Sweatpants. Here, let me, let me show you real quick what I was doing. See, I'm already feeling it. I feel like I'm in high school again. It's like, yeah. Got my tall tee on. I got my tall tee on. So I, I saw this. I was like, dude, that's what everyone's. Oh, was it backwards? Man. Pull the mic. Read. Thanks, bro. So then I got, I got my shoes off, too, because I, I got an attire to wear. So I saw the tall tee, and I was like, dude, this tall tee's sick. And then I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The sweatpants. You know, all the basketball players, just, they, they wore tall tees. Oh, thanks. They, they, got their, they got their tall tees, they got their sweatpants, they got their flat-billed baseball caps on. And I was just like, man, this is hot. That's gangster. And then, you know, I got my Converse with, with, the, with, the, with the little flips, what do you call them, the tongues, hanging out. So I got the, I got the Converse, out. tongues hanging out, sweatpants bagging, tall tee, passed down all the way down to my ankles. Thanks, Reed. Oh, one more, Reed, one more. And then to finish it off, I got my hoodie. Now, this isn't the hoodie. The hoodie I had went about down past my butt, hung off my hands about six inches. And then, yeah. And so, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Uh, this is it. 
this right here, this was me two years in a row, every day. I did the same, this is the same tall tea too. I kept it because I knew, I knew I need this again. And it, I'd be coming to school just, yeah, uh. What's up, girl? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. This, this was me. And I was, and I was, I was booming with confidence. I'd be playing basketball in my tall tee. Just, just, you know, can't even get the shot up because it's so big. And it's so heavy trying to throw it up there. But, but yeah, I look good. I look good. Road trips, basketball road trips. I got my headphones hanging on my neck. Music playing. This, mm, Matt Millar's, he's rapping in the back. He's listening to Young Jeezy. He's, just, he's going off. And, you know, Cam's got Young Buck going. He got, yeah, all, we got Kanye. We got every rapper and every single part of this bus going. And I'm sitting there in my tall team, my sweats, just, yeah, looking good. You know, all the people that I played basketball with dressed like this. So I thought, man, I'm getting into this scene. I got to dress like this. It's just, this is, this is too good. How does this look ridiculous? This is the stupidest thing. If you dress like this, I'm sorry, but I this ain't me. This just don't fit. And, but no one told me that. None of my family. My brother encouraged it. He'd be, he'd be crocheting with his tall tee. And I was just like, <laughs> and so I thought, you know, I, I thought crocheting was cool. So I started, I started crocheting. <laughs> I started crocheting, tall tee wearing, pants sagging. Hat, ba- I bought three baseball caps in like four days. I was like, man, I got to get this stuff. Wasting all my money because I, I just got to look hot. I got six tall tees. Brown, blood red, light red, black, white, green, something like that. All XXLs. Billy, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Billy, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> See, Billy was one of those real thugs. I was a fake. I was a wug. I was... I was, a, I was the biggest wankster because, like, if anyone knew me, I, my personality-wise, I'm like I am now. Not gangster at all. I'm talking just, like, straight, normal. What's up, dude? How you going, bro? Hey, man. How you doing, Billy? Because <laughs> you're the only, you're the only one who dresses similar to this. But you don't wear tall tees, though. You look good. You look hot, Billy. You look good. So this, this was it. So you guys know, this was me. Tall tee wearing, sweatpants sagging. Converse hanging, big old baggy hat and coat hanging off, just looking good. Little did I know, little did I know, this was probably the stupidest, dumbest, ugliest thing you could ever wear. But to me, it was hot. And again, if you wear this and it fits you, then then wear it. But for me, white boy living in Sand Lake, with my whole family, <laughs> it's like, everyone's like, what the heck, where do you live, I live Mountain View, you know, that's where, that's where I go, but no, no, I, no, I, I didn't, you know, my parents, successful, oh, I, no, no problems ever in my life, yeah, but, but I thought, if I did this, and I'd fit in somewhere, I'd fit in, I'd look good, people would go, Drew, look at you, you wear blue, Tall tees, and you look good, but no one ever did. But I thought, man, people just, they're intimidated. They're inti- that's why I don't say anything. They're intimidated by my tall tee. It's just so big. I got to get this stuff off. But actually, no, I'm going to leave it on. I'm leaving it on. But this is, man, the shoe don't fit. Don't wear it. The shoe did not fit. 
this shoe was ugly, but I was wearing it because it looked, it, looked, it looked good. Later, got near the end of my senior year. Actually, the beginning of my senior year, I, just started, I started realizing, Andrew, you, you look stupid. This is, I, I think I went out and looked in the mirror and just, what the heck what is this? Showing off every part. These pants, they even look like I have cankles or something. Look at these things. It's big, it's straight up down. My Converse, is, they're not even clean. And this hoodie, it's, it's an American Eagle. It's not even, my hat doesn't even fit me. Look at this thing. This thing's so small. Hey, gang. It's like, ugh, it didn't fit. It fits that way, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, it's a. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really take a picture of me. You got you to get this. So, anyways, <laughs> so this was me trying to be somebody that I wasn't. Being cool, being thug, being wangster, not gangster, because that, that, that definitely wasn't it. Trying to fit in to the, to the social realm that I was trying to get to. And by the time I got done with high school, I didn't excel in basketball. Short, white guy. You don't go very far with that. Don't have the best work, work, work ethic when it comes to playing. <laughs> you know, you just, yeah, I was the kind of guy to be like, dude, I'm working out this, I'm, I'm starting a workout program this week. And I'm going to work it all the way. To, I, I start one week, oh, man, it feels good. My pecs are looking good. And then two weeks into it, I'd be like, man, McDonald's is calling me. And now I'd be going through the McDonald's drafter and be like, Goodbye, workout. Goodbye, Alaska Club. And then Alaska membership got taken away, so the whole thing gave up. And I always made the promises, like, I'm going to start my re- resolution. I'm going to be working out every day. And I, I, never, I never followed through more than, like, two weeks, ever. And so I just, it, you know, I never excelled in basketball. And when I never excelled in basketball, when I realized that that was not for me and that this tall tee wasn't for me, I took it off. Take it off. And I, I took the hat off. And I took the coat off because it just looked stupid. And, and I just started, I started realizing that, man, i got to just be myself. This isn't me. And then I started going to other weird fashions for a while, too. But I won't, <laughs> won't get into that. I, I had to finally settle on something. And, and, uh, but I just I started going, hey, we're going to need you for this one. I need your whole mic for this one. Shirt's coming off because I, I, I realized that this, this may have been... Some guys I knew in high school, but it wasn't me. By far, it wasn't me. If anyone knew me, they knew that wasn't me. Yeah, you know, I, I could have, you know, faked it for a while. And, but really, it wasn't the way I dress. And so I took it all off. Started, you know, now I, now I wear weird shoes and tight pants and V-necks. But, you know, I just like it. It feels good. It, I like the feel of it. it. It's not that expensive. I go for the cheap stuff. Um, I, just, I just can't, you know, Burlington, sale, go online and look at all the sale stuff. And, you know, stuff always breaks after the rips or something after like two days. But, but it looks good for the while you got it. And, and, and so I just, I realized that was not me. Andrew Mees are trying to fit in to the basketball world. And I love basketball still, but, but, man, that would be like LeBron James. You'd see him on ESPN one day looking through, and you see him playing for the San Jose Sharks in hockey. You'd be like, what the heck is that six foot eight, 250-pound black dude doing on the ice? You didn't, that just, that don't, that don't work. 
I'd be like, what the? I mean, imagine seeing like Shaq or somebody like in one of those rowing competitions at the Olympics. In the canoe, the whole canoe is back like halfway in the water going up. It's like, that's not his sport. Don't do it. You know, it's like, Drew, don't put the tall tee on. I can hear people call from away. Drew, don't do it. And now I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And, and I use those because it just, it, that doesn't work. You're not going to see Shaq doing that or LeBron doing that. You're not going to see Britney Spears. Well, you, you might see her doing anything. I don't know. She's doing whatever. But the point is, is that we as people, not even Christians, but just as people, we've been designed, all of us, in our own way. Physically, emotionally, personality. We've been fashioned a certain way. And as we were regenerated, as Christ regenerated us, and then he saved us, when that happened, he gave us a new, a new being, a new life. And that life was not to conform to the patterns of the world. I'm not saying dressing like that is, is bad. I'm just saying he, he made us so we wouldn't have to do or be or try to be something else because he said, I have a plan for you, and this plan is going to get done. All you have to do is lean on me, respond to what I did on the cross. If you do that, you'll be just fine as you are. Not as you wish you were, but as you are. I'm so glad that Christ accepts me as I am and not as I should be. Because, man, where I am and where maybe I should be, whew, that could be a long way. That probably won't be the day till I die and get to heaven. And then God goes, hey, you're here with me now. I mean, you were a long ways off, but hallelujah, I saved you. And so because of that, because of that saving love, that saving grace that found me when I was lost, because of that, I can walk in confidence with who I am. If I could encourage us with one thing, it would be this. As you are, that is good enough. You are okay as you are. There's nothing about you that's faulty or wrong. Whether cultures would say, well, you got to have your hair this way, or you got to look this certain way, or you got to be this skinny, or you got you to wear a certain style, you got to talk. Whatever it would say, it's wrong. Because Christ says, I accept you as you are, no matter where you are or when you are. I love you because I do. By the way, God's not obligated, I almost tripped there. God's not obligated to love us. It's not an obligation. He doesn't have to. He, no one's up there going, well, God, you better do it. There's no one higher than him. It's his unfailing love as we were singing his unfailing love choosing to love us because we're his children and he wants to that's the only reason so that means there's nothing i could ever do that would make him love me any more or any less as i am is how he wants me now now hear me i'm not talking i'm not talking about sin i want you to get this i'm not talking about sin if you want to turn to book of luke there's a, there's a story that happens here that we see the acceptance of Christ and the love of Christ in the midst of humans just being humans. Man, this, this cough drop is, is nice. It feels good. And, and taking that, clo- those, that, that stuff off feels good too because, like I said, that ain't me. That might, hey, you take my water? Billy. I hadn't drink it yet, but that's, I want that water. It, 
Who can drink it faster? Well, I have more, so you could. Reed, that's not fair. Full wins. Yeah, Billy. You know what I'm saying, Billy? Yeah. <laughs> Billy rapped for me today. Oh, shoot. It was, it was, by the way, that fool can rap. He can rap. He can clap. He can snap. Whatever you want him to do, Billy can do it. And he's legit. Fool's good. Anyways, Luke 9. Luke 9, verses 52 through 56. He sent, speaking of Jesus, he sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for the arrival, for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome him. Man, that stinks. Did, did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. They didn't, they didn't like that. They didn't like that he was, he was passing through to go to Jerusalem because, man, they, they weren't friends. They just, they, Samaritans, they just didn't get along. So they're mad at him. They're like, no, you can't stay here if you're going there. When James and John, verse 54, when James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? And Jesus said, yes. <laughs> no, Jesus, he, he didn't say yes. That would, have been, that would be a funny read if he said yes. It would be inaccurate to everything we know, but it would be funny, kind of. Not really, maybe. <laughs> Verse 55, but Jesus turned and rebuked them. So they went on to another village. Man, that's just simple. He turned, he rebuked them, and he kept going. And, but, but the cool thing about that is he didn't, just, he didn't just go, man, you guys are stupid, and walk off. You guys are, I'm done with you. You guys, look, you, guys, you guys look stupid too, you sandals and robes. You guys look, no, he didn't do that. He said, all right. Some translations say that, that he said, you do not know which kind of spirit you are of. For I did not come to, to destroy men, but to save them. In other words, Jesus, in the midst of these guys being very zealous and saying, let's kill them, he, he doesn't get mad. He just says, he teaches them. He goes, well, you're wrong. We don't do that. And I, I, and, and I love you. So let's, let's keep going to the next village and, and we'll keep ministering. Man, how amazing is that? Because most of us have parents or, or people in our lives. What's up, bro? in our lives who would, who would want to or feel like they should smack us upside the head when we do something wrong. But Jesus says, no, 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 yeah, you're wrong, but I still love you, and no matter what you do, I'm still going to love you, so let's keep going. I want you to still be my disciples. And by the way, James and John, those two guys had some of the biggest impacts of any people in the history of our, of our world. Wow, that was such a hard word to find. <laughs> The world. It is big, but the word's very small. So it was, it, it was like, man, these guys did great things, but at that moment, they were kind of dumb. But Jesus just, he loves them. And then he carries them with them. Jesus, and, Jesus was not mad at them for that. He taught them, he corrected them, and he kept going with them. God is not mad at you when you do something dumb. He's for you, he loves you, and he's going to grab you and say, even though you messed up, come with me because I have greater things for you. I have a better plan for you. And the plan that I have is not your plan, but it's going to be good. And so come with me because I want to show you all I have. That's his response to our stupidity. Not you're dumb. No, it's I love you. Come on. So that, that, that's what we see. And, and, and Jesus set a perfect example of that. He accepted them where they were, as they were, not because of anything they did or anything they could, because they couldn't offer him anything. When you think about it, those disciples could not give Jesus anything. But he still, in the midst of that, says, look, 
I know you have nothing to offer me, but I love you. And that's his, that's his word for us tonight. You have nothing you can offer me. There's no way you can dress that can make you fit in anywhere. There's no way you can talk that can make you fit into some social realm. There's no piece of clothing you can put on that would make me look higher of you. You are as you are because I love you that way. And I made you that way. I think we forget that the God we pray to was the same God that created us. I think we forget that sometimes. Because if we understood it all the time, we'd go, well, the Bible says he created me good. Good. Not mediocre, not bad, but good. And if I'm created good, then, then I guess there's really nothing wrong with me. Like I said, not talking about sin. This is something Gabriel was sharing with me, Pastor Gabriel was sharing with me the other day. It's this, this concept that, that he accepts us in our sin. He doesn't approve of our sin, but he accepts us in our sin. Two different things, acceptance and approval. He accepts you in your sin. He doesn't approve of it, but he accepts it. He accepts us. That means I don't have to fix myself up before I go to him. Rather, I can come to him in my sin because that's the way he accepts me. And as I do that, he's going to take care of the problems. He's going to heal the junk. I don't have to do that because he's going to. So when I go, oh, I got junk, God's going to do it as long as I draw near to him. Because of that, I can walk in full confidence of who I am. Amen. That excites me. That excites me because before I couldn't walk that way. Now, when I dressed like that, I, I was saved. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that was the, the, when I stopped wearing those clothes, I got saved. That was my salvation. I took the tall tee off and, and the Lord, he came down around, descended on me and the spirit filled me up. No. <laughs> yes, but no. That was not the moment when I was saved. I just had an identity crisis. <laughs> Luckily, it was fixed. And you know, it, it was fixed. I just got to say this. I got I to put, put a plug for Generation Ministries. Because when I started coming here and I started getting around people who knew how to dress, I just started one at a time, tall tee, sweatpants. I just started going, man, these people look good. Man, Reed Anderson is hot. That fool's good looking. I, I, like, I like his shoes. You know, Reed was one, one who inspired me to get fitted hoodies. I saw that green hoodie, and I thought, man, I like that. You know, Pastor Gabriel, he's the one who, who, who inspired me to get tighter jeans. I like, I like the way they fit. I started coming around here, and I have started looking better. I thought, start coming to church, and you'll look better. That's all I got to say. It, it, it's just, that's the truth. Unless you, unless you got an ugly church. But thank God, we got a, we, we got a good-looking church. You are a good-looking people. Can say, whew. <sighs> Move on. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter seven. First Corinthians chapter seven. Verse 17. Man, I'm excited. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Minnesota. I gotta get rid of this. Gotta get it out. Thanks though. Save me. Okay, I'm in 2 Corinthians, that don't work. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17, says this. Each of you should continue, in the, continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you. 
and remain as you were when God first called you. Verse 24, this is the beginning of this. And now the end of this chapter, not the very end, but in the middle kind of, Paul writes this. So he wrote that, remain as you were when God first called you. And then in the middle, he repeats himself again. He says, each of you, dear brothers and, not just brothers, brothers and sisters, should remain as you were when God first called you. Man, remain as you were when you were first called. How many of you know you were called before you were born? God had a plan for you before you were born. Before you were conceived, he already knew your steps. And he predestined you that way. And he liked it that way. And he made it that way. And because of that, he can, Paul can write, remain as you were when you were first called because that's the way God wants it. That way, not the way you may want it. Because a lot of us may want to just do different things. I want to be, I want to travel the world and do music. And God's going, well, I, I want you to stay here and just be faithful in Alaska. Or maybe, maybe, maybe your passion is, well, I just want to, I just, I just want to be, a, I want to go to school for this many years and then I want to go to Europe and, 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 and study abroad and then I want to come back for a couple years. And, and what if God's going, well, I, I don't want you, I just want you to go to UAA. Oh, man, a lot of people struggle with that one because they're like, well, UAA's, I don't even know if that's a school. Man, UAA's a school. And it, it's accredited and it's legit. And a lot of you guys go there right now, and you can get a degree there. But for some reason, we have this thing that says, I, I, I got to do greater, better things. But God's going, I've put greater, better things right in front of you. Just enter to those. You don't have to, you don't got to be the next big thing, the next hot item. You don't, you don't got to be that because God made you a way that was perfect in his sight, and he just wants us to love that part of us. Our identity, our person, love your personality. Don't hate it. Some of us make up all these, well, I'm this and I'm this. And that's not really us, but we say it because we don't like who we really are. Well, see, I, I'm not really the funny guy. I'm, I'm more of the serious person. I, I counsel people one-on-one and, and I, don't, I don't make jokes. But, but really, really, you're a jokester. You're the class clown. Be okay with that. Reed, that guy, one of the funniest guys I've ever met, and he walks in that. If Reed didn't walk in his funny comedic side, then I would be bored of him. Because that's not read. It ain't read. You know what I'm saying? It, it, man, I just feel like we, we, we so many times just don't want to be us because us isn't accepted in society. Society doesn't accept us, but the kingdom of heaven accepts us. And that's the society we live in. So could we be some people in this world that love who we are? We allow God to take care of our sin, and we walk in full confidence and assurance that the Lord of heaven and earth is our Savior, and not just our Savior, but our best friend. And he's proud of us as we are. Now, being yourself and loving yourself doesn't mean you reject everyone else. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you love everyone else, and when they tell you stuff, you take what they tell you, and you use it in your own personality, in your own unique way. So, for instance, if, you, if somebody's counseling you or somebody, you have a role model, somebody you look up to, and you're like, I kind of like that about them. Being yourself doesn't mean, well, i got to be myself, so pff, get out of the way. I, have no, I can't have anything to do with you because i got to be me. No. You can go, okay, what do you have to offer me? Being yourself means being the way God created you. God created us to be people who love one another who love God, who love fellowship with one another. And when we, when we are struggling, we go 
to people for help. We go to God for help, but we also go to people for help. And if somebody says, well, bro, I think you should start doing this, or, or maybe you should do this, it doesn't mean you take that and you just go, well, I'm going to start acting like him. I see that he's, he, this person is, is awesome in this, so I'm just going to start doing that. No. You can take advice, you can take things from people, and you can implement them into your personality, into who you are, and walk in it in your unique way. You don't have to mimic everybody or try to be somebody. Be yourself, but you can still take advice from other people. It doesn't mean you have to reject everyone else. You love people, and you accept them for who they are, and you walk in who you are while you're accepting people the way they are. Does that make sense? Because I feel like we, I, I come across this person, not a lot, but it's not a specific person, but this type of person you hear a lot of times. You're like, man, I'm just me. I do me, you do you. I don't have anything to do with anyone else. I'm just me. This is my personality. I'm unique. I'm my own way. I don't want anything to do with anybody. You're, you're created that way, not me. That's, that's not me. That's you. And, and we make excuses and we justify our, our wrongdoings because, well, man, this is, this is the way God made me. No. God made us to constantly live in fellowship with one another and to constantly love one another in our own unique way. That doesn't mean we reject everyone else. I just had to say that because I feel like sometimes we think that, well, if I'm just going to be me, then I'm going to do my thing and I don't need anybody else. No, that's not the case. Could, could the uh, worship team come back up um, and just start playing? I, I, I want us tonight to be able to respond to this. This, this, this idea, this principle, this understanding that God is for us as we are because he made us that way, no other reason. And we don't have to be or act like anyone else. I want us to respond tonight and I, and I, and I want us to be able to, to worship God the way he created us to worship him. I felt like before, before I even came up speaking, I just felt like God was already doing that. We were jumping around. We were, that song we were singing was awesome. And we were, we, what we were doing, the reason it was so awesome, because what we were doing, we weren't, must, none of, we weren't mustering something up. We were responding to what Christ did on the cross. We were responding to his great love and how he loves us as we are. That's why we can experience these times. It's not because we get together and we start praying this magical prayer. We start mustering some kind of weird thing up. No, it's because we are responding. We are acknowledging that Christ is risen from the dead. He sits at the right hand and the Holy Spirit lives in us. We're acknowledging that truth. That's why we can experience those awesome intimate times. I feel like there's times where we, we get so caught up in, in what people want us to be. We want to be a doctor, but somebody says, no, you need to be a lawyer. And so we instantly, we go to law school, and we waste a bunch of money. I want to be a, I, want, I just want to be a firefighter. But people go, no, you got to be the minister. you got to be preaching the gospel. Well, I'll do that when I'm fighting fires. <laughs> but but we, get, we get swayed. And so we begin to turn, and we just go, wow. Oh God, I gotta do that. And we get years down the road and we realize this isn't what I was made for. Or people say, well, bro, you kind of look weird. You kind of look funky. Or man, sister, you, I don't know about that, that shirt, but that's, that's kind of funky. You gotta change that. So we, okay, okay. You know, I, I've, met, I've seen that, you know, in my own life. I've also seen other people. I've seen one week and then I'll see probably a year later and they look completely different. I talk to them and they seem fine, but they're hanging around other people. They're rejecting their other friends. I'm like, man, 
but those people weren't cool. These people are cool, so I started hanging out with them. I feel like that's kind of where we get sometimes. The cool crowd's over here, so I'm going to go over here. But the people who I was with, I reject them because, well, they just ain't cool anymore. But I, I'm cool now. I'm going to do this because I'm going to go to this school. I'm going to play this sport because, man, all the cool people are here. And then the friends we have, we, we leave back. and You know, they, they don't matter. What if, what if, what if God made you to love that person that you want to reject? I've experienced that many times. I used to bully people by my words, just, just by verbal abuse. And, and I realized later that that was an opportunity to love someone. And I'm, I'm not trying to guilt anybody here. I'm just saying there is a call on each one of our lives to do something unique. That's different than everyone else. And because of that, I can walk boldly in that calling. I don't know what all your guys' callings are. I don't know what you feel led to do. But whatever that is, through prayer and seeking of the Lord, we should walk in that boldly. Because that's what God wants from us. He doesn't care if you look good, if you measure up to some kind of bar. He simply cares if you are going to walk in what He made you to walk in. Are you going to do what Paul, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians? Are you going to remain in the call that was, you had on your life when you were first called? Are you going to remain in that? Or are you going to be swayed by every opinion that comes away? Because if that's the case, if we're swayed by everything that comes our way, then we're going to be a mess. And I'll end with this. Philippians 1.6 The Apostle Paul writer of nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. This guy was a persecutor of Christians. He murdered Christians. He hated Christ. He was zealous. He was the man in his realm, in his culture. He was the man. He was so against God. This guy, Paul, he writes this. Philippians 1.6, he says, I'm very confident of this one thing. I'm confident of this one thing, that he who began a good work in you, not a mediocre work, not a bad work, a good work, he who began a good work in you will finish it to the day of our completion. He'll finish it. He won't mess up he won't forget he's gonna finish it but Paul didn't say but, but first you gotta do something he didn't even say he didn't mention us in it anywhere but what we have to do he said he God who began the work in you who called you from your mother's womb that God will finish that work that he started and there's nothing or no one that can stop that so would you just respond to me already it's like he's reaching down and saying here here it is I'll never be mad at you but, but there you go could you respond to it as Christians could we respond to the love of God that was bestowed upon us? Could we realize our call and be okay with it? Maybe some of us aren't, 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 aren't called to do maybe some things our friends are or our peers are or, or people we look up to. 
Are we okay with that? Could we be okay with who we are? Because who you are is okay. Who you are is just fine. We could all stand.